We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it's July 2nd, it's 2019, and we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, not terrible, not great. Things did not go well today, but I didn't expect them to. It was a terrible slate, and time for the next one. I almost canceled my entries when it went from a five-game to a four-game slate, and I have a team that had Bell um, with Suarez and Yelich, and it's not even close, so... Uh, just one of those days, you know, you had to have, you know, Bell obviously hitting three home runs. You know, you weren't winning a tournament without him. So just one of those days. But we move on. We do have 15 games to talk about. A lot of stuff going on here on Tuesday slate. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to check out our sponsor. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. Plus, you'll get all the cool prize or all the cool promos that we run with them. If you haven't, checked them out. FantasyDraft.com. I think the promo code is GRINDERS if you don't sign up through the links. 
Let's get started. 15 games. Miami at Washington. Zach Gollin against Patrick Corbin. Um, any interest here in Gollin? Yeah, I mean, this kid's good. Uh, he's affordably priced at 7900 Got a 30% K rate so far on the year. He just faced Washington and didn't have a terrible outing. It'd be nice if it was in Washington, but still, I think the price is fair. Don't know how late he's going to go in the games. He's only made it five innings, both his first two starts, but still made it to 91 pitches and 99 pitches in his last two. Walks are a little bit of an issue, and this Washington team is good. He's not my favorite option on the slate, but he's definitely in play. Yeah, obviously, you know, this team just saw him, and obviously that, that kind of stinks. Uh, that game was in Miami. Uh, like you said, though, he's 7,900. You know, it's not like he's breaking the bank. It's not like he's overpriced. Um, so this game does have a nine total, and Patrick Corbin's a massive favorite here. But when we look up and down the board, we don't have a lot of low totals on the slate. There's a lot of games with massive totals. Um, we do have some pitchers that are big-time favorites, but it's not like – you know, when you're looking at it, like anything is just like amazing on this slate. So I do think this is a spot. Gollin is interesting for tournaments. I don't think I play him in cash games because there is somebody in this range that I do like for cash a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for the most part, I think Zach Gollin is, is certainly in play today. Patrick Corbin, other side. We know this is one of the worst teams in baseball. Uh, we know they're pretty bad against lefties. They're 29th in Woba. They're 29th in WRC plus their last in ISO um, and their second, you know, it's just everything that stands out here. You know, Marlins are last in home runs against lefties. Like this is a spot that Patrick Corbin's pretty safe. Yeah, he's pretty safe and he still has some upside. He started to do better recently in a matchup versus the Marlins who he just faced and just beat up pretty badly. It's definitely a good spot. I don't know if he's my favorite play on the board. There's someone that we'll get to later um, that, could potentially be better and just as safe almost. Uh, but like he's he's definitely very much in play up at the top. I can't make an or I can make an argument for not playing half of them, but there's still four guys up at the top that are in very good spots. I'm gonna have a tough time trying to figure out which ones to use and might just end up splitting them. But Corbin's definitely a guy that I'm probably looking at in cash, if not Morton, and in tournaments is very much in play. Um, let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you for Miami? Nothing whatsoever. Yeah, I have zero interest in the Miami bats. You know, even the cheap guys, I don't really think I'll pull the trigger on here. Um, Puello was good when he was with the Angels, but he's really struggled since joining the Marlins. Um, he's 3,500. It's not like he's the worst price, but he is four for his last 25, and he's just not getting every day at bats. So that always stinks. Um, as far as the Washington bats go, I don't mind, you know, Soto, Rendon, maybe, maybe even Adams. Um, but it's not like these guys are like super cheap. So, you know, Soto's reasonable at 47. Adams is reasonable at 41. What do you like here for Washington? I mean, I don't really hate anyone. I'd probably go for the low strikeout bat. So essentially the top four. Um, but I mean, this Washington team's good. It's going to be 93 degrees over there, wind blowing out a little bit, slightly humid. So it's good hitting, but it, good hitting conditions. They currently have over a five implied team total. So I really don't hate too many of the bats. I'm just not all over them. There's a lot of bats on the slate, a lot of teams with high totals that I don't know if I'm going to go against or go with the Nationals too much unless Gallon gets some traction is a little bit chalkier. Uh, Cubs, Pirates, Kyle Hendricks, Joe Musgrove, nine total. Hendricks a slight favor here at 130. Um, any interest here in Hendricks? 
I don't think so. I'm I, I'm done targeting guys against the Pirates. I mean, Hendricks does have a little bit of reverse splits when it comes to strikeouts so far this year, but he's a decent ground ball pitcher versus righties, and he's just going for strikeouts versus lefties, and there's going to be five, six lefties in this lineup. I don't think it makes my lineup, though. I mean, Pittsburgh's just been too good. I don't think I can go with Hendricks. I also think, like, the biggest issue for him here is he's coming off the IL, um, hasn't pitched in a couple weeks. We know that Madden is very, very careful when it comes to his pitchers in general, and he's already careful with Hendricks. Um, he has been pitching a little bit deeper into games this season, but for me, at his price, I, I just I have a hard time, you know, just with the pitch count um, to really play Kyle Hendricks here. So probably going to stay away from him. Um, Joe Musgrove on the other side of the plate. I don't mind Musgrove when he's facing pretty right-handed heavy teams. This team does only have three lefties in this lineup, so it's not the worst matchup for Musgrove at 5,900, but I don't think I'm going to pull the trigger here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm completely out on him. I mean, he is cheap, but there's guys in the cheap range that I'd much rather play, and he's going up against a team with a whole lot of walks in it, which is never a good thing, even though he doesn't walk too many guys. He doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys either, and Outside of Baez, Contreras, and Schwarber, really not a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. So I'm, I'm just not going to play him at all. You know, the more I think about it, the more I don't think I hate him. Like 5,900 is super cheap. We're going to talk about BD against San Diego in San Diego when we get down um, to that range. I actually don't think that Musgrove is the worst play for tournaments if you're playing large field tournaments, just because. They do have five righties here, and it, they're going to get a pitcher spot. I agree with you. The walks concern me. But at 5,900, like, if he can go out and get some of these right-handed bats to strike out, which, you know, Baez and Contreras, you know, definitely are guys that strike out at a pretty high clip. Even Russell. I don't hate Musgrove at 59 after I thought about it a little bit more. Um, Cubs bats, what do, we, what do we like here for Chicago? I mean, Musgrove's been – Beat up pretty badly by lefties all season long. Schwarber, Rizzo, two of the top plays on the slate. Schwarber's been fantastic recently, has pretty good season-long numbers, has some power. It's not a great ballpark, but Musgrove's given up 40% hard contact to both sides of the plate. And the 15% K rate versus lefties is great for Schwarber. Um, Rizzo, just obviously good. I don't mind the righties either. Uh, he's striking out righties at a much higher clip, but he like his numbers don't really show that he's that bad versus righties, but he's walking at a much higher clip, much higher fly balls, much higher hard contact. So I don't mind a mini stack here throwing in one or two of the righties. Baez, Bryant, Contreras are all fine. But any of the top guy, five guys are fine, and Rizzo and Schwarber would be the two guys that I would go for most. Jason Hayward, 4,800. I think I'll, pe- I'll pass on him, um, even with Musgrove struggles against lefties. Rizzo, Schwarber, the guys that I really like here, like you said, if you want to make it a three-man or a four-man, Bryant, Baez, uh, guys you can possibly throw in as well. Um, as far as the Pittsburgh bats go, you know, like I said yesterday, Josh Bell's in play always. He's a guy that has two home run upside. Um, three home run three upside. Home. I know, but I said two yesterday. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to stay on brand and not um, overreact, but – um all, all joking aside i think it's really bell dickerson and moran it's the same three guys that i liked yesterday colin moran after a really slow start to the season is hitting the ball really well and people just don't play him yeah i mean honestly pittsburgh's so hot recently 
Uh, if you don't believe in hot streaks, whatever. But they, they're a team that was high on at the beginning of the season and horribly disappointed me. Um, but, like, they're catching fire, and they've got some good bats all the way up and down this, like, one through six. I don't mind any of these guys. Obviously, Bell's a superstar. He's fantastic. Dickerson's been mashing righties so far this season. And although Hendricks has some reverse splits in terms of strikeouts, he's given up, like, he's an extreme ground ball pitcher to righties. But to lefties, he's getting mashed, uh, giving up a 40% hard contact rate, 40% fly ball rate, 26% line drive rate. So any of these lefties are completely in play, and I don't hate Marte or Newman either. Uh, honestly, you can go with a full stack here. I really like Pittsburgh. They're going to go very under-owned, playing in a tougher ballpark, but it's 85 degrees there, fairly humid. And on top of all that, like they only have a 2.7 implied total on a massive slate. They're going to draw low ownership, even though they did just go off yesterday. Boston at Toronto, David Price, Trent Thornton, nine and a half total price, a 156 favorite here. Um, how do you feel about going down the David Price experience again? I don't want to. I don't think I need to. I'm, I'm not going to talk you off of playing him. 9,300 is decent considering he's going up against Toronto. And Toronto has offered some upside lately. They've destroyed some pitchers recently, but they still have some upside. I don't mind Price. I'm not going to use him. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, you know, He's certainly a guy. This team is a, a team that struggles with lefties. So I don't hate it. I, I think Price is a guy, like, if you want to build, like, a, a Price, like um, – Paxton lineup or something along those lines um, to mid-tier, like up, you know, right below the top tier pitchers uh, type of lineup. I don't hate that. I don't hate price. Um, like you said, I'm not going to try to talk you off of it. He's not my favorite pitcher on the slate, but I, I do think that he has upside at 9,300 against a team that has a lot of strikeouts um, in the middle and towards the bottom of the order. So smoke being back obviously helps them a lot. Um, they don't have to play Tellus against the lefty. Um, and have that, like, I think he has like a 26 or 27% K rate against lefties this season. Um, oh, I'm sorry, 34.6. So, um, I don't hate price, like you said, not my favorite, but I wouldn't talk you off of him. Um, but if they start rolling out their normal lineup with all these lefties in there, like, I, I have a lot more interest in price. So, um, Trent Thornton here, any interest? No, he did just face these guys and do all right, um, like a week and a half ago, but. He's 7,500. There's a better guy in this range, gallons in this range. There's cheaper guys. I'm not expecting another good outing from him like he did last time. It's being played over in Toronto. Gives up a lot of hard contact. Gives up a decent amount of fly balls. Like He has strikeout upside, but he also walks a bunch of guys, and this is one of the most patient teams in the league. I'm just going to pass on it, Thornton. I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I'll take the under on seven strikeouts this time. I know he just had seven strikeouts against this team, um, you know, a week or a week and a half ago, I guess. Um, but I just this is not a team that typically strikes out a lot. There are some strikeouts towards the bottom of the order. They're coming back from the London series. You know, I just for me, I'm going to I'm going to pass on Thornton here. There's better options down here. Um, as far as the Red Sox hitters go. It's pretty much the same guys as it always is. It's Devers, it's Ben Attendee for the lefties, it's Betts, Bogarts, Martinez for the righties. Um, anything else you want to add as far as the Boston Bats? Nope, nope, that's pretty much it. Uh, what are we looking at here for Toronto? I don't want to target anyone versus Price. He's still a decent ground ball pitcher to lefties, very good pitcher to lefties, decent pitcher to righties. I mean, you can go with Vlad or Guriel or Grichik, but I'm, I'm probably just 
going to fade him. Yeah, nobody on my list today um, as far as this team goes. So um, probably going to be a stay away spot for me. Nine and a half total. They do have, you know, uh, a run total or implied total over four. They should score some runs here, but really just um, not a spot that um, I'm going to, I'm going to target. Baltimore at Tampa. I'm going to murder this guy's name. Um, Asher. Wojcicki against Charlie Morton. Um, Any interest in Asher Woji? Woji Chochi? No, I can't say it. Um, no, none. None whatsoever. He's going to get destroyed here. Does not have good minor league numbers. Is not a good pitcher. You know if he's like the fifth guy they've called up this season to be in the Baltimore rotation, and he's not one of the top nine pitchers in the or top eight pitchers in their organization, that's bad. If Jan Straley was starting over, you're bad. So no interest in him at all. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, we got a little um, a little sample size from him – was it 2015 with Houston? And he pitched a little bit for the Reds as well. Uh, so he's pitching the bigs a little bit. So if we go back and we look at 2017, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, yeah, so it's 2017. We have a little bit of a sample on him. Um, 410 Woba against lefties, 350 Woba against righties, 285 ISO to lefties, 242 ISO to righties. Decent strikeout stuff. You know, didn't walk a ton of people, but massive, massive fly ball pitcher. Um, which is definitely interesting when we're looking at it. Obviously, things can change, but even when we're looking at his minor league numbers from this season and last season, fly ball rates over 50%. So this guy has decent strikeout stuff, but you know when you have a home run per nine over two in AAA, um, you're definitely going to be a guy I'm going to pick on when it comes to bats. We'll talk about that in a second. Charlie Morton on the other side of this game. Do you think Morton has some upside here? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure that was sarcastic what you just said there, but yeah. 30% K-rate guy, a real ace, playing in Tampa Bay, so he's got a decent stadium, going up against Tampa, or going up against Baltimore. There's definitely some strikeouts in here. He strikes out both sides of the plate really well, so I'm not as worried about the lefties as I normally would be. He's got some upside. Tampa Bay is not good. We don't have an implied total for them yet, but I'm guessing it's going to be around 3-3, maybe 3-2. Uh, so, yeah, Morton is one of the top plays on the slate. He's the guy that I'd be considering in cash, uh, not named Corbin. Yeah, it wasn't me. I wasn't being sarcastic. I was just meaning like um, <laughs> I figured he was going to be your guy. Um, like you said, every, pretty much you nailed it here. 30% K rate on the season, 3.1 XFIP. Uh, he's been fantastic. He's generating a ton of ground balls, not giving up a lot of home runs. Um, so, yeah, he's certainly a guy you're looking at. For me in cash, I think I'd pay the extra 500 bucks, um, but I can certainly see why somebody would save the $500 here for Morton in Tampa Bay. Um, at home against Baltimore. As far as the Baltimore bats, is there anything that you'd want to play here? No, just no. Yeah, my biggest issue here, and one of the reasons I like Morton so much, is this team is a team that hits a ton of ground balls, and they don't have really a fly ball hitter. Uh, So for me, I'm going to pass on the Baltimore bats. Uh, As far as Tampa goes, this is a really, really good spot for Tommy Pham. Uh, I've talked about it a ton of times this season. He's a guy that hits the ball on the ground a lot. He, ver- he really benefits from fly ball pitchers. So the top five guys, you can play anybody you want from Tampa today, honestly, but the top five guys here from Tampa is really, really strong. Yeah, no, Tampa's my favorite stack on the slate, and I did double-check things because um, how he this guy couldn't get called up. 
apparently was with the Indians this year. He was with the Orioles last year. They just traded him over, so that's why. But, yeah, regardless, minor league numbers are not good. And he's he's just not a very good pitcher. Extreme fly ball going up against the likes of Meadows, Pham, Loud, Diaz, Choi, Garcia, Adamas, Zunino. I love the Tampa Bay stack. They are so darn cheap over on DK. I mean, Meadows is the only one. Like, he's... 4,400. He's the most expensive guy, but Diaz, 4,400. Pham, 4,200. Lau, 4,200. Garcia, 4K. Adamas, Choi, if he makes the lineup, is only 3,700. Uh, Zunino is one of the cheapest guys on the slate at the catcher position, if I remember correctly, at 2,600. This is my favorite stack on the slate. He could get crushed. Look at the hard hit numbers for Tampa Bay. There's one guy under a 40% hard hit rate. And going up against an extreme fly ball pitcher and then the Baltimore bullpen, he's going to get crushed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All Everything you said. Don't forget about that Baltimore bullpen. Yankees and Mets. Subway series, right? Isn't that what they call this? Um, Paxton against Wheeler. Eight and a half total here. Paxton's a 144 favorite. Um I know he got rocked in his last start, but I feel like this is a spot we go right back to the well on Paxton. Yeah, I mean, they don't have a high implied team total. It's under four. Paxton's still got one of the highest K rates on the entire slate. His price tag is not terrible, 8900 Again, a reason why I'm probably not playing price. Uh, he's just too cheap considering his upside. Yes, the walks are a little bit of an issue, but not a whole lot of walks in here. Alonzo, Probably going to hit a home run off of him, maybe two. But if he gets out of this with only two home runs given up to Alonzo, and those are the only runs he gets, and I'm fine with that. But he is just too good to not play him at this price tag. I'm going to have quite a bit of exposure to him. And also helps that there are a few lefties in this lineup, although it doesn't look like Cano is going to be playing. Yeah, I don't expect Cano to play either. Um you know, Paxton got rocked the first time he faced the Mets in Yankee Stadium. Obviously, this is a big difference um, being in, in New York on the Mets side of things. So, you know, in City Field, I, I think that Paxton is certainly somebody I'm looking at. Um, yeah, he's just he's so cheap for his upside. Uh, as far as Zach Wheeler goes, I'm a huge Zach Wheeler fan, and I like the fact that, you know, he's really good against righties, and they only have a couple lefties in here. He could potentially, like, pitch well here and be a really, really good, like, large field tournament play. But when you look at this lineup, there's just not a lot of weaknesses to this lineup, and it's really hard to click a pitcher's name against them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance I enter Wheeler in by accident. Um, But outside of that, I don't think I'm going to go for it. It's I get it's a decent ballpark, and you're obviously worried about power, which helps that it's being played over in Shea. But it's it's still just no. Like Yankees are too good, and there's it's not like there's a massive amount of strikeouts in this lineup either. I mean, only four guys above a twenty percent K rate, twenty one percent K rate projected in the lineup here. I don't care. Oh wait, they are losing their DH. Yeah, they lose the DH. Yeah, still not worth it to me. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to play Wheeler in all likelihood. I'm probably not going to either, but I'm not going to play large field tournaments, um, like mass multi-inner large field tournaments today. So, um, as far as the Yankees' bats go, like Wheeler is really good at limiting damage. Doesn't give up a lot of fly balls to righties. He has a seven percent hard to soft contact ratio. Generates a ton of soft contact. 
I don't know if this is a spot that I would stack the Yankees given the price tag and matchup. Yeah. Like I, I could see playing one offs here on Judge. If E five plays the field over like Voigt, I know Voigt's um dealing with a little bit of injury. So if E five plays first base, like E five is forty two hundred and Judge is forty three hundred. And I know it's a tough matchup for both those guys, but I will pull the trigger on those price tags. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Like all of them are under five K. Like you don't except for wow, Troy Tulowitzki is forty six hundred, just a heads up there. Um, yeah, all of these guys are way too underpriced. I get they're getting a ballpark downgrade and they're losing the DH, but that's not going to affect individual batters too much. They're guaranteed into nine innings of at-bats. They all have power. Wheeler's actually, outside the last two starts, he was giving up bombs on a pretty consistent basis here. I'd probably target, no, I'm fine with everyone. I'd probably take one off-bat. So LeMahieu, Judge, Sanchez, Voight, Didi. I don't hate a full stack. I never hate a full stack of the Yankees. That's just how it goes. They're that good. And if they get a decent lead out early, then they can easily just go against a bad bullpen and just cruise. So I don't hate it. But no one like in particular that I'm targeting outside of just their price tag problems with Encarnacion, Judge, Torres, LeMahieu, Voigt, and yeah, they're all too cheap. And Didi. Um, as far as the Mets pats go, you can always play Alonzo. Um, he, the guy is just straight passing. You know, he's such such massive power. You can play Alonzo just about anytime you want. Uh, but really, that's it. Like good bullpen, decent arm here with Paxton. I'm just yeah, yeah. He's he's good, but Alonzo, five hundred ISO, almost a five hundred woba versus lefty so far this season. I will never, ever, under any circumstances, talk people out of playing Alonzo unless he's not hitting or he's not in the lineup, in which case, chances are he gets a pinch hit home run anyways. Milwaukee at Cincinnati, 10.5 total. Chase Anderson, Tanner Rorick. Um, pick him game. Any interest here in Anderson? No. I mean, Anderson's pretty bad versus righties, and there are some decent lefties in this lineup. Um but like he's he's just not really a great pitcher. Like he's he's just mediocre. It's being played in Cincinnati. There is some power in this lineup, and I know that he has been good to lefties so far this season. And mostly what we worry about is like Dietrich, Vado, Winker. Um, if they go a little bit more right-handed heavy, I'd have even less interest. But I just don't think I'm going to play him at all. Yep, no interest for me in Anderson today. Um, don't really see him, you know, being a winning pitcher. As far as Rorick goes, there's just too many lefties at the top of this order that are really good. Uh, Grendel, Yelich, Rusakis, Thames, all supposed to be in the lineup here. Rorick, 383 Woba to lefties this season, only an 18.9% K rate, 35.5% uh, um, hard hit rate. It's really struggle with lefties. So Rorick's okay against the righties, but this is a spot that I'm going to stay away from um, Tanner Rorick. Yeah, Rorick's a worse version of Molly, and it's the same scenario we had yesterday where we have a guy that has some pretty extreme splits. Going up against a team where you don't want to be bad versus lefties, Rorick's priced up, and it's not a whatever it's called. It's not a 15, or it's not a four-game slate. It's a 15-game slate. Rorick just doesn't make the cut for me. Milwaukee's too good, and it's a good ballpark. 
Yep, love this game uh, for bats. Uh, you know, anytime these two teams play, I just love stacking this game. Um, as far as Milwaukee bats go, it's it's really the lefties. Really like the lefties. Um, I don't mind playing Herrera, um, who's really cheap. You know, if you want to play some of these other bats that are cheap, as far as the righties go, I don't hate it because um, Roar could get pretty beat up here. But I'm looking for the cheaper guys. But yeah, like if Ben Gamble's in there, I don't mind him. Um, I'm hoping Gamble actually draws the start because that would be really nice for roster construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lefties, I mean, Gamble's always cheap. Rorak's just not good versus him. It's the same scenario as yesterday. Just target the lefties that hit for power, and you should do well. Although it didn't work out as well yesterday. <laughs> Yelich with that late-inning home run helped a lot. Um, Cincinnati bats, when we're looking at Cincinnati here, you know, we know Chase Anderson's kind of reverse splits. He's been like that for a long time. He's really good against lefties. But when we look at it, he's still giving up a lot of fly balls with a lot of hard contact to lefties. But the, you know, the changeup and cutter combo definitely limits the damage. But I like the Reds here. Um, they're one of my favorite stacks on the slate. I know it's not the best matchup, but I do think that, you know, you can look at the the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think they're in play. Again, Chase Anderson got pretty extreme reverse splits. He doesn't throw a slider, so doesn't really have an out pitch for righties. And that's why they blow him up. Uh, Suarez, I believe his price tag is still way too cheap as it is pretty much every day. And he might draw a little bit of ownership because of the two home run game. But I still think that he's very much in play at 4,200. Uh, Sinzel, I don't even hate the lefties that much, to be honest. Um, he's been a bit better, gotten a lot more soft contact with this changeup versus lefties. But you can still go with any of them, too. I'm fine with a full stack. But in all likelihood, I'm probably just going to stick with Suarez here. Yeah, Suarez is a great one-off if you don't want to stack them. Um, certainly don't disagree with that. Um, Philadelphia at Atlanta. We got Nick Pavetta against Dallas Keuchel. Um, any interest here in Pavetta? Not against Atlanta. And Pavetta just... Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me 15 times. Maybe, maybe I'll be back next week, but no. Um, I lied. It's going to be Is Aaron it Nola? Nola. Yep. I wasn't sure. It was kind of conflicting stuff. Um, yeah, he said that he's going to um, – Gabe Kepler said he's going to reorder his rotation. So it's going to be Aaron Nola. Just kidding. Uh, probably why there's no line in this game. Um, any interest in Nola? Uh, no, not against Atlanta. There's too many other good aces on the slate and much better spots. So, I mean, Nola could have a good game. It's realistic. He's a very good pitcher. But Atlanta's just a tough lineup to go against, and it's going to be hot and humid there. I'm I'm probably not going to play Nola at all. Though if you really want to in deep field GBPs, that's fine. He could have a big game. I'm just not planning on using him. He's had one decent game against them, and he struggled the other game. It's going to be really hot in Atlanta, like 90-plus degrees at first pitch uh, with the wind kind of blowing out. Um, I'm going to pass. Uh, as far as Keiko goes, um, Everybody got excited when Keiko got signed by Atlanta, and I was just sitting there going, Keiko wasn't really that great last year. Um, I have zero interest in Keiko, and I actually think the Philly stack is one of the best contrarian stacks on the slate. I mean, yeah, Keiko's giving up just terrible numbers. He's not, I mean, he's getting ground balls, but like so far, 500 ISO to righties. And a 10 plate appearance sample size of 350 to lefties, but still 300 ISO to both sides of the plate. Yeah, he's not very good. 
this year, and he may get better later on, but he's he hasn't had nearly the time to prepare as everyone else. I I don't have any interest in Keuchel, and I'm right there with you on the Phillies. I'd probably go with more of the fly ball guys. Um, Jay Bruce, even though it's lefty-lefty, Keuchel can't strike out anyone. And Reese Hoskins, uh, probably my two favorite plays on Philly, but I don't mind a full stack. Yeah, you just look at it though, like the pricing on these guys. It just you can make a stack here, and it's it's not going to cost you a ton. Like Kingery is forty six, and I know he's been crushing the ball. Like I get it, his line drive numbers are really good. You know, Hoskins is forty four. That's a phenomenal price for Hoskins. Like you know, sign me up. You know, Jay Bruce, if he's back in the lineup here with the elbow injury. Um, you know, he's 43, Segura is 42. Like these guys are certainly cheap enough that you could play like two really solid pitchers and still get some of these bats in there. So I just, I like it a lot. You know, you look up and down this lineup and there's a lot of power against left-handed pitching and until Keiko proves me wrong. And I know that he's a massive ground ball guy until he proves me wrong and he looks right. I'm going to keep stacking against him. Yeah. Don't mind that at all. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, as far as the Atlanta bats go, you know, Aaron Nola, obviously uh, an upgrade from, you know, Pavetta. I think Freeman is certainly in play. I wouldn't mind playing any of the other bats. Again, it's going to be super hot in Atlanta, but we know Aaron Nola is better against righties. Um, I like Freeman. Yeah. And do I, I mean, Nola 368 Woba versus lefties. He's given up a 38% hard contact rate. He's then Freeman's very, very very good. Um, if you guys weren't aware, Freeman is very good. So yeah, he's the only guy I'd really target outside of him. Probably not going with anyone else. Yeah, like you know, you can always take shots on Acuna or you know Swanson or those guys, but they're just so they're priced up that it's really tough to click their name over some of these other guys. That like in these next two games, like these next two games that we're going to talk about feature really high totals. So Angels at Texas, uh, eleven and a half total. Um, like mixed reports on who's going to start here um, for Angels. I am seeing a couple sites say, a couple sites say Canning, and a couple sites um, have Suarez. So we're going to have to kind of wait and see and, and see who, because obviously it makes a huge difference. The eleven and a half total makes a lot more sense if if Suarez is pitching, to be honest, um, than Canning. But everything I'm seeing on like MLB like .com and everywhere um, says Suarez is going to start this game. So let's go with that. Let's go with Suarez. Any interest in Suarez? No, no. I might've had some interest in canning, but absolutely not with Suarez. Even if like slight interest in canning too, it's going to be really, really hot in Texas yeah. today. Like 11 and a half total tells you everything you need to know about, you know, games in the summer in Texas. Um, as far as Mike Miner, you know, I talked about him yesterday. I don't honestly hate him. I liked him more on the five-game slate than I do on a 15-game slate. Um, that's really all I got. Like, I would have played him yesterday on a five-game slate, but I don't think I'm going to play him on a 15-game slate. Zero chance I'll play him. I mean, he may be decent this season, but he's due for some negative regression. Even if that negative regression doesn't come, he's still playing one of the lowest strikeout rate teams in the league in very bad hitting weather or pitching weather in Texas. No, No chance I'll play him. Um, Angels bats, you know, obviously Trout, Upton, probably the two guys that I would play here. That's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate a full stack that still is hot in Texas. Um, 
and they have almost a six implied total. It's it's just so darn hot, and the wind's blowing in from right. Eh, I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't mind anyone with power, but the problem is there isn't a whole bunch of power outside of Upton and Trout. So you can stack them up if you want with Simmons, Pujols, but it, it's probably yeah, just Trout and Upton. Yeah, and I don't hate pull hosts if you want to do it. I don't hate a stack either. Um, even like Texas, if you look at Texas on paper, they're not sexy here. Like, you know, there's nothing sexy about this team. They are terrible against lefties. You know, obviously Joey Gallo obviously stands out a ton. But, you know, you just, you just stack this spot. You just stack it. Like, you know, you just stack it. Like, it's hard to stack. You don't feel good about it, but you have to have at least one Texas stack on the slate with their pricing the way that it is. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it, there's a chance that it is canning. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the fact that the angels are favored makes me think it's canning. Like that's a big thing. I, there's no reason for the angels to be favored. If it's Suarez, I don't know. This is confusing. If it's canning, then, you can still stack up the Rangers. Cannon gives up a ton of hard contact, gives up some fly balls. It's a terrible hitting environment, and we all know that Rangers have some power. Gallo, Mazzara get a bit of a – or they don't even get a bump. It's just the righties get a downgrade if it's Canning. But Suarez, bad, just bad pitcher against both the lefties and righties. You can stack this up every which way. Any one of these guys can hit home run in this weather. Yeah, and, like, the thing is, like – they did call up Suarez. Like he got called up before the terrible news came out. Um, thoughts and prayers to everybody on that team and the family of, you know, Skaggs. That's just you know, nothing you want to ever hear. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't have words that are going to make them feel better, but yeah, thoughts and prayers. So Suarez did get called up. Like he, he got like the transition happened. Transaction happened before all that came out. So I think he does pitch here. But like you said, you know, why is he a favorite over minors? You know, the other thing, but this team, you know, has not been great against left-handed pitching. So maybe that's why, but we move on and go to the next game that has a massive total. Jose Urquidy against Herman Marquez, uh, 11 or 13 total here. Uh, Grant, probably not high enough. Um, Urquidy, major league debut, right? Um, that's what I was reading. Um, really, really good stuff for your kitey this season in triple a if it wasn't in course and this game was in houston i would probably take a shot because of his strikeout ability like you know in triple a this season he has a 37 percent k rate with a 16.4 percent swinging strike rate do worry about the fly balls and i do worry about you know potential home runs and obviously in a in a course game that that stinks but this guy isn't your like he has good strikeout stuff, it, you know. But it's kind of it's kind of it. Yeah, he's not on DK. He's only on FanDuel. Um, I should probably mention that. But yeah, it's in Coors. He's a very good prospect with huge strikeout upside. And his mode his way through the minors in the last year, um, but I don't think I can use him. Yeah, like. Uh... The guy has massive strikeout stuff. Like I said, if this game was in Houston, I would. I think I'd play him here, but um, I just I can't play him in cores with a thirteen total. Um, Herman Marquez, 
I like Marquez when he's not pitching in course, and I don't mind him when he is not facing teams that don't strike out, but this is not a good matchup for him. Yeah, it's not. I don't know if you know this, but Houston's very good. You clearly know that. I'm not using Marquez. I mean, he's worse in cores. He's much better versus righties, but most of the righties strike out at a very low cl- clip, and he's got Brantley in there as a lefty who's if he strikes out Brantley, I'll be really surprised. Alvarez gives some upside. White and Shrinos gives some upside, but it's it's still not a high enough upside matchup. And the walks, like Marquez doesn't walk a whole lot of guys, but he he's still going to have some trouble. Everyone has trouble against Houston in Houston. In Colorado, it's not going to work out well for him. Let's talk bats. Um, how far is Alvarez going to hit a home run in cores this series? Like You have to expect... He's going to hit one, at least one home run in this series, and you have to expect it's going to go pretty far. Well, I'm about um, three miles away from Coors, and there's a Safeway about three blocks down. I'm guessing it's going to land in that parking lot. Uh, he's <laughs> going to he's going to crush it. Um, going up against Marquez, and he's an ext- like we don't have a huge sample size for Alvarez, but we know he hits bombs, and he's going up against a big ground ball guy who strikes out lefties at a very low rate. Alvarez is one of the top plays on the slate here. I don't care if he's in cores, if he's going to be chalky. It doesn't matter. Alvarez is going to hit the ball out of the yard here. And you can honestly stack up Houston. I don't know if I'm targeting as many bats from this game as I normally would. Alvarez is going to be a guy I target. Brantley is going to be a guy I target because of his price tag of 4,500. And Altuve is going to be a guy I target. But I don't think I need to go with Bregman or Springer at their price tags. Um, Marquez is just still very good versus righties. And like he's still a very good pitcher. It's the lefties and then Altuve for his price discount of 4,200. Yep. Um, Altuve should be one of your first guys in cash games today. Like mm-hmm. 4,200 in cores, even Brantley at 4,500 in cores. Those guys are really good cash game plays today. Um, as far as the Rockies go, you know, it's Blackman, it's Dahl, it's Arenado. Daniel Murphy should be one of your first guys in cash games on Fandle. Um, he's ridiculously cheap over there. He's not like under 2K or anything, but the fact that he's like, I think he was like 3,200 is what I saw, um, makes him like, it's just, it's an underpriced, he's 3,400. It's underpriced for course. So really like Murphy on Fandle, really like David Dahl on Fandle, um, I like this spot a lot. I know it's a guy that has strikeout ability, but this team just doesn't strike out that often, and I think they're going to really, really abuse this young guy. Yeah. I mean, there's always the chance that he pulls a Frey Peralta like he did in his first start in Coors and just mashes everyone. But more more than likely, he's he's going to run into some pretty extreme trouble here. So I target the low strikeout bats and Blackman, Arenado, Murphy, and... I'd probably go with Dahl. I don't know if I'm going Tapia, McMahon, Hampson, Walters. Uh, I haven't looked at their price tag. I'm going to double check here. Yeah, they're they're just a little bit too expensive for me to play on this slate, considering how good this guy is and how much they strike out. But yeah, the top four guys are very, very much in play. Earlier start time in cores than usual too, and it's hot in cores. Like th- there's a there's a lot of reasons to play cores today. Obviously, it's going to be popular, but Honestly, don't care. Um, Detroit at Chicago, Matt Boyd, Renardo Lopez, nine total. Um, any interest here in Matt Boyd? Uh, a little bit. He's very good. He's going up against the White Sox, 
who strike out at a pretty decent clip versus lefties so far this season. It looks like the weather is going to be decent for hitting, which is my main main reason why I might not go with him. But uh, again, a guy that doesn't walk a whole lot of guys going up against a team that doesn't walk a whole lot, or there is some strikeouts in here. Bray, you McCann are good versus lefties, and so is Moncada, but I, I just, I just don't. It's it's going to be tough to pay for him when we got guys like, uh, or Morton. We have guys like Corbin. We have all those guys, and I guess Bray Moncada has been worse versus lefties historically, so he can strike out quite a bit. It's just there's too many other good options on the board. I don't know if I'm going to go. He's probably fourth on my list at the top spot. I like it. Um, I, I do. I don't hate it, um, but I'm with you. I, I like some of these other guys a little bit more. I wouldn't mind paying up um, to get Morton. Wouldn't mind paying up to get Bauer or Corbin. Um, wouldn't mind paying down from Boyd, but you know, I, I'm not going to talk you off of Boyd. He's been really good, has really good strikeout stuff, and we know that there's a lot of strikeouts here. So um, as far as Renardo Lopez goes, this guy has dominated this team twice already this season. Like it was early in the season, it was April, but he had eight eight strikeouts the first time he faced them, and then he faced them a week later and had 14 strikeouts. We've been using right-handed pitching against this team all year. Renardo Lopez, 5600. Yes, no, maybe. He might be my favorite play on the slate. And, like, look at what he's done. Like, look at his numbers in the last 10 games. They're not great. But at Boston, at Texas, against New York, at KC, where he dominated, at Washington, KC, at Minnesota, Toronto, Cleveland, at Cleveland. Like, he's had a tough run of things. His numbers are going to be heavily inflated. And he's going up against a team with a whole bunch of varieties, uh, which – like, his numbers don't really reflect this year, but he is much better versus righties. Um, or actually, they do reflect this year. They didn't reflect last year, but he's got a good slider. His changeup is worse, which is why he's worse versus lefties. He has just as much upside as anyone on the slate, and he's one of the cheapest guys. He is the reason why I'm not really interested in Musgrove, because I'd rather save 300 bucks with him. I was hoping you'd talk me off of him, but I guess you can't, and... Also, I should mention that Detroit, again, is horrible. Listen, I played Jesse Chavez. I played Ariel Gerardo um, against this team. Renato Lopez, like you said, massive fly ball guy, a lot of hard contact. Fly ball team. This team hits a lot of fly balls. Um, but there's not a guy in this lineup against right-handed pitching that has a strikeout rate under 20%. Um, you know, as a team, 25.6%. They're just not good this season. Uh, you know, they have they have glimpses of being good from time to time. But I, I think Renardo Lopez at 5,600, like if he gets you 15 at 5,600 and your bats do their thing, like you're, you're, you're cruising. If he goes out and dominates this game like he's done already twice this year, like he's averaging 32 fantasy points and two starts against this team this year. Like if he hits that type of game, like you, you're not winning a tournament without him. So, I, I like Renato Lopez a lot for tournaments. I don't know if I can necessarily pull the trigger in cash, but honestly, I've done crazier things. Yeah, I've rostered Renato Lopez against a good team like Boston. So, 
I've, I've definitely done crazier things. <laughs> um, let's talk bats. I have zero interest in Detroit outside of a head stack. If I'm playing a lot of Renardo Lopez, I'll have at least one head stack. Yeah, if he's a little bit chalky, and he doesn't have to be overly chalky, if he's a little bit chalky, I don't mind a four-man stack of Castellanos, Dixon, Jones, uh, Goodrum. Like, Ronaldo Lopez gives up a t- bunch of hard contact. It's good hitting weather. He's an extreme fly ball guy. A lot of those guys hit a lot of fly balls. And even throwing Stewart in there, he's been so bad versus lefties, I don't mind it. Their prices are so cheap. Um, Castellanos is the most expensive guy, 4100 I like Castellanos just straight up as a one-off, but I don't mind the stack here. They have a 4.7 implied team total. Lopez is allowed to pitch deeper into games where he walks enough guys where he generally gets out a little bit early. I don't see walks being as much of an issue here, but he could still be done in five, six innings and get beat up a little bit because it can happen to anyone. And that White Sox bullpen is so bad. I honestly, as much as I love Lopez, I'll have some Detroit stacks. Um, as far as the White Sox bats go, James McCann has been hitting the ball really well this season. I don't hate him, but for me, it's probably going to be a stay away spot. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at the Giants game. Yeah, man, 13 runs. Isn't that silly? Don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We all had a bit of Allen. Um, I tried to. I played a hundred percent Allen on my twenty entry max teams. I had a full on fade of him outside of Yahoo. The problem is on those other sites that weren't Yahoo. I had a hundred percent of um, whatever his name is from the Cubs. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> Allen play. outscored him. So <laughs> I just didn't yeah. want to play Chalk Shark, and obviously Chalk Shark worked. But, it wasn't that uh, chalky. I know that now, but on a four-game slate against San Diego, I thought he was going to be a little bit more popular than what he was. But anyway, we digress. We move on. Um, Cleveland at Kansas City. Trevor Bauer, Jacob Junis, eight and a half total. Bauer's a 176 favorite. You know, it's hot in Kansas City. We start to see totals like are are a little bit higher in Kansas City this time of year. Um, Eight and a half seems kind of low so i actually don't mind trevor bauer in this spot yeah i mean hate the price i don't like the price either but there's two things we want it's strikeout upside which casey strikes up at a decent rate um but it's also like how late he can go in the game we always worry about walks with him he's always allowed to throw 115 125 pitches unless he's getting beat up if he's not going to walk a lot of guys, which he has not walked guys in the last three starts, Grant, two of them were against Detroit. One of them here was here against uh, KC. I don't care about his 11-6 price tag. He realistically has the most upside on the entire slate because of his ability to go late into games. I'm, I really like Bauer. Um, if he's going to get lower ownership, I might be forced to play quite a bit more of him than Corbin or Morton because people, people want the safety and you're getting more upside with Bauer. Um, and I think it'll be lower owned just because of his price. I, I don't see a lot of people paying up from Corbin to Bauer knowing that Corbin's facing Miami. So I think Bauer get good ownership uh, for tournaments here too. Um, any interest in Junis? No. Just no. Junis, mediocre strikeout pitcher, but gives up a lot of hard contact and Cleveland's a very good lineup, so 
yeah, no interest in him. Remember when we were picking on Cleveland to start the year? It was fantastic, but this team's healthy. They're hitting the ball well. Um, even Jose Ramirez hitting the ball well, too. I don't mind this team. It's probably just not a spot that I'm going to end up on. Like, I would not talk you off of Cleveland today by any means. It's just on a 15-game slate. I just don't see them making my final list. Kipnis and Ramirez are too darn cheap again. Uh, 3600 3800 That's ridiculous going up against Eunice, who's been terrible versus left. He's been terrible versus right. He's, but he's just been bad. Um, yeah, you, those two guys are two of my favorite plays on the entire board today on point per dollar. I don't mind throwing in Lindor or Santana. Lindor is a little bit cheap at 4,600. I'm going to be looking at a lot of Cleveland bats in this because that Casey bullpen's still bad and it's just mispricing on these guys for some reason that I don't understand. Um, and I don't really have any interest in the Kansas City bats either. It's probably not going to be a game that I'm going to target a lot of bats, but you did make a great point. When it comes to Kipnis and Ramirez, if you're looking to load up on some big stacks, like they make a lot of sense here. Yeah, and I don't know why they got priced back down again. Um, they were Kipnis was literally two days ago forty seven hundred, and now he's back to thirty six hundred. I don't understand this at all. Happens to the best of us. Um, did you say? Did you have any interest in Kansas City? Oh no. Minnesota at Oakland going from 8 o'clock games to a two-hour window to the 10 o'clock games. Minnesota um, favorite here, 126, 9.5 total. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, Daniel Magnan, um, any interest here in Odorizzi? I mean, Odorizzi's been good this season. He's due for some negative regression. Oakland's a good hitting team. It's a good ballpark, but it's not really great for strikeouts. I think there's just too much of a price to pay for me. I mean, he is an extreme fly ball pitcher, but honestly, Oakland could really beat up on him quite a bit here. A little bit reverse splitsy, I know that, but he's he's still giving up. Like he's got to be have so much regression coming with a 48% fly ball rate and a 42% hard hit rate versus righties and worse numbers versus lefties. I don't understand how he can only have he can have under a hundred ISO. It just doesn't make sense to me. He's he's due for some negative regression, and I'm not going to play him until after it hits. I mean, I know he's not been great the last three starts, but still, his overall season numbers are way better than they should be. See, I don't. I, I disagree with you. Um, you know, we always don't always have to agree, but Jake Odorizzi had a problem, and it, his problem was getting right-handed batters out and. He went out and he kind of fixed that this offseason. He added a cutter. He's using his cutter 27% of the time against righties. Yes, he still gives up a lot of fly balls and he gives up a lot of hard contact. Don't get me wrong. Don't disagree with that whatsoever. But a lot of that is on his fastball. He's generating enough soft contact and enough ground balls with his cutter that where we were getting those home runs last year, it's really come down this year. And that's why the power numbers are way down against Odorizzi this season. So... Not a spot that I think I will end up playing Odorizzi, but I don't think that we're going to see like massive negative regression coming for him. I think we're going to see in the summertime and some of these ballparks he's going to, he's going to start giving up some home runs. But I, I do think the cutter that he added this season was really, really huge for his game. Yeah, you could be right. And it is 62 degrees over in Oakland. I'm still not playing him, but you're making good points. No, I'm not playing him either. I'm not stacking against him by any means, but 
if he was a little cheaper here, like if he was getting a little bit of a discount and like he's 9,900, if he was, we were playing him earlier this season, he was like eight, eight, two, eight, five, eight, eight range. If he was that in this spot, I would play him because like he hasn't pitched great recently. And it would just be like one of those spots that like, if he was a little bit cheaper, like I would certainly pull the trigger here, but I, I just, you know, I, I don't think I will end up playing him either. But um, wanted to point out that the cutter usage for him against righties has certainly helped his game a lot. Daniel Magnan on the other side of this game, you know, he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been great. Um, any interest in him? No. Minnesota is very good. And End of analysis. Yeah, his numbers are a little skewed. He, he faced um, St. Louis last time out. Pitched a really good game in that game. Had really, really good BABIP numbers. Uh, got a lot of ground balls. Um, so his right-handed number is a little skewed uh, because of that game because they're so right-handed heavy and he pitched um, really well in that game. I don't really have any interest in him here either. This is a really good team. Do you have any interest in the Twins? I mean, I always have interest in a twin stack and Twins bats. They're all under 5K, but I don't think I'm going out of my way to roster any of them. It's still being played in Oakland. It's not going to be very warm. A stack's fine. Any of the power bats are fine. Pretty much any bat is fine, but I I will probably end up with one twin stack, and that's it just because they can go off at any time. Yeah, my biggest issue here is this guy's only allowed one home run this season. Um, he's done a great job of limiting ISO. So obviously that's super concerning when you're looking at playing these guys. He has a, a, a few different mixes of pitches. Um, Polanco, Kepler, always guys that I like to play just because of their fly ball rates with their power. But I don't think I'm going to stack the Twins today. It's just you're going to need home runs today, and obviously there's a lot of home runs in this lineup. Like if I was playing the Twins, it'd be one through four. Um, Oakland, any interest here in Oakland? Any of the power bats are fun as one off. I mean, Matt Olson's a little tough because of Oder is these good K numbers versus lefties. Chris Davis is a little bit tough because of his large K rate, but his price tag of 3,500 is just too darn cheap. He could be one of the cheapest bombs on the slate. Um, yeah, it's Chapman. It's maybe Olsen. It's Chris Davis. And I don't hate Canha if he makes a lineup. Yeah, it, as long as um, Davis, you know, he's been dealing, I think he's like two or three games in a row now. He's been out. Uh, he got hit in the hand. Uh, so obviously they had an extra day off and he hadn't played in a few days. So if he's back in there, um, Grant, I'll play Chris Davis at 3,500 against pretty much anybody, to be honest. You know, he's going to start hitting home runs again, and um, I don't want to be late on that boat. We know he's going to get 40 home runs, and he's going to bat 247. <laughs> he's got a lot of work to do in the second half of the season to get to 40, but I, I wouldn't put it past him for by any means. Um, Arizona at LA taking on the Dodgers. We got Taylor Clark against Ross Stripling, nine total. Um, Stripling's a 235 favorite here. Uh, any interest in Taylor Clark? Nope. Um, as far as Stripling goes, they did say that he could pitch a little bit deeper into this game than he did, um, in his first start, filling in for Rich Hill. Um, you know, it was really, it was like five days and now he's had an extra day. I expect him to go probably 70 to 80 pitches here. Not fully, you know, a starter workload. Do you have interest in stripling at 7,800? Maybe potentially getting 70 to 80 pitches? 
It's not the worst idea in the world. I don't think I'm going to do it. I mean, Arizona's a good hitting team. Stripling struggled a little bit in his last outing, if I remember correctly. His price tag of 7800 is good if you look at the last year numbers. But, um, yeah, he literally just played this team, too. So... I, I I don't I don't think I, I I want more upside on this slate. I mean, I think I'd I'm, take like Flaherty or Gallen, like the two guys that sandwich him more than I would play him. Yeah, they're two of the better. They're the two best plays in the mid tier. Um, if they're going to drop ridiculous ownership, then maybe I'll pivot to Stripling. But chances are, I'm not going to play Stripling at all. Uh, let's talk bats. Arizona, you know, Marte and Peralta are always in play. Um, but outside of that, I really don't have a lot of interest here. Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't expect Stripling to go too late into the game. So Marte, Peralta, both of them are very much in play. Um, Peralta's price tag is a little bit too cheap at 4K. Escobar I don't hate. Um, and either uh, – or Lamb's back. I forgot Lamb's back. I always forget about him. Um, he's cheap at 3,600, although he's not great. Not the worst idea in the world. Um, but yeah, outside of those guys, probably not. And you can stack them up if you want. If Stripling has another rough outing, then like it can happen, but, uh, mostly just Marte Peralta and then land for that price tag. Alex Avilia is back too. Like that certainly, um, oh, helps this lineup. Like he, he, he's back from the IL. He came back, I think Friday. Um, so I just want to point that out as well, because we're not here on the weekends. Um, as far as the Dodgers go, like I know I stack the Dodgers a ton. This is a really good Dodgers stack spot. Like Clark's not a guy that generates a ton of strikeouts against lefties. This lineup is just absolutely loaded with left-handed bats. It's a 15-game slate. It's a 10 o'clock game. I just don't see a lot of people stacking the Dodgers in this spot. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Clark's not very good. It's, it's that simple. I mean, Belly, Mun- Bellinger, Muncy, Verdugo, Jock Jams, even Turner. Like, Clark's been bad to both sides of the plate. He's giving up over a 250 ISO to both sides. He doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys. A little bit better versus righties, but Turner is a very low strikeout righty. And then the lefties are obviously in a good spot. I don't mind a full stack. I don't mind any bat. And let me double check their prices. They're all expensive, so a full stack of the Dodgers is going to go completely unknown because of the Texas bats and because of the Coors bats. Like that's the stacks people are going for first, and this is two hours after those games play, so um, people are not really going to be on them probably at all. Yeah, I'm right there with you with the Dodgers bats. Yeah, um, Edwin Rios, if he's in the lineup, um, he's really cheap. He's 3,400. You can play him at first or third base. Kind of filling in here a little bit. Um, he's another guy that I like. Like, you know, I just want to point him out because of his price. Um, I was trying to, if I'm not mistaken, like his numbers in AAA this season are really solid. Uh, 226 ISO. He's been solid in AAA. He does strike out a bunch. So, like, obviously with a lower strikeout pitcher, I don't mind him because of his high fly ball rate and power numbers. Um, still think I prefer... Colin Moran in that price range, but I just wanted to point him out because he is really cheap. If you're stacking the Dodgers, he might be an easier way to get there um, on the slate. Uh, last two games, we got St. Louis at Seattle, eight and a half total. Jack Flaherty against um, an opener, and then Wade LeBlanc. Um, any interest here in Flaherty at a minus one thirty? 
I mean, it's interesting because Flaherty does have some pretty extreme splits, much worse versus lefties. But this Seattle lineup just is not very good, and there's a ton of K upside even with Flaherty's numbers versus lefties. I mean, you worry about Vogelbach, you worry about Omar. Crawford's been crushing it for some apparent reason, but Flaherty's still a very good pitcher, and obviously he's going from AL or NL to AL, which isn't going to help with the extra DH, but the Seattle team, not very good. Tons of K upside. I like Flaherty a ton. He's probably going to be a bit chalky, um, and people may be scared off him a little bit, though, because of his extreme splits and all the lefties in the lineup. I don't care. Uh, Flaherty's one of the maybe the top play on the slate point per dollar at pitcher. Yeah, I don't mind him. Um, you like him a little bit more than I do. Um, but you just look at it, and like, there's a ton of strikeouts, like you said. This game's in Seattle, which I think is probably a ballpark upgrade, I would guess. Um, the only thing that worries me here is all the lefties, like you said, two, four, six in the projected lineup. If that gets down to like four, I'll have a lot more interest in him. So he's going to be a guy that I'm going to be waiting to see what the lineup looks like. And hopefully we get it before lock. Um, if you're down on the slate too, and you want to make some adjustments to a guy that has a lot of strikeout upside, like he'd be one of those guys that I'd be willing to like get off one of my like nine K guys that is later in the slate and just roll the dice on. Yeah. Um. Any interest here in Wade LeBlanc? He's not very good. Not a lot of strikeouts. Not an easy lineup. Not going to play him. Very right-handed heavy team, and I know LeBlanc has gotten some strikeouts um, recently, and, you know, it, there's not, like you said, there's not a lot of strikeouts in this lineup, so I'm going to probably pass here. On LeBlanc, um, as far as the St. Louis bats go, I don't know if I necessarily would stack them, but they're really, really cheap when you're looking at, like, on the slate. Like, with Ozuna on the IL, I think the highest-priced guy in this lineup is Paul DeJong at 3900 Yeah, I don't mind DeJong. I don't mind Goldschmidt. I don't mind a little mini-stack with them uh, just because of their price tags, but I'm mostly looking for one-off power here. I mean, yes, they could... The problem is it's also going to be 50 over in Seattle, and they have that open-air dome. I, Yeah, Goldschmidt, DeJong are just too cheap. And what's my what's Martinez's price at? I can't find him. Cheap. They're all cheap. Yeah, and Martinez could be the DH, so you don't worry about him getting pinch hit for. Um, yeah, a full stack's in play. You can play any of these guys just because they're price tag. Tyler O'Neill's back. Like, there's a lot of – they're just cheap. Like, all these guys. Martinez is 3,400. Um, you know, I mentioned DeJong at 3,900. That's a really good shortstop for cash games if you want to go that route. Um, the the Cardinals are just struggling right now. Maybe getting out on the road is going to help them because they're, they're struggling big time at the plate. And obviously that's the biggest concern when you're looking at playing them. But, like – so I have a, I have a question really quick. Like, would you play Goldschmidt or Choi in cash at the same Choi. price? Choi. Yeah, that's kind of where I was leaning too. It's just weird not wanting to play Goldschmidt in cash against Wade LeBlanc. Yeah, but Choi is also facing a much worse hitter. And yeah, I mean, and honestly, like I said, it's going to be very cold in Seattle and I think they heat up the stadium partially, but it is an open-air dome, so the ball is not going to be flying much. Um, as far as the Seattle bats go, Vogelbach. 
Vogelbaum, you can ride out the Crawford hot streak if you want. Those as you guys. Yep. Moving on. San Francisco at San Diego. Tyler Beatty against Matthew Strom. Um, eight and a half total here. Strom's a 156 favorite. Um, any interest in Beatty? Mm, him and Ronaldo are going to be two, quite possibly my two highest owned players under 10K. Um, probably are going to be my two highest owned players under 10K. 6,200. Got decent stuff. Been terrible versus lefties, but we're only getting Hosmer, Maya and Garcia in the lineup in all likelihood. There's tons of strikeouts in this offense. It's being played in a decent uh, pitcher's ballpark there. He has walked quite a few guys, but there's not a lot of walks in this lineup. 7.5% projected walk rate going up against right-handed pitching. He doesn't give up too many fly balls, so the right-handed power is something I'm worried about a whole lot less. Strikes out righties at a 25% clip. Like, Ronaldo Lopez is my balls out play. Beatty is probably my SP2 in cash um, it, as things look because there's enough bats on the plate, on the slate. Yeah, um, I, I really like Beatty as well. You know, you look at his numbers against righties, like you said, and, you know, it makes a ton of sense here. But, uh, you know, I honestly, I don't hate Matthew Strom on the other side of this game. Like, you know, for all the same reasons that I wanted to play Logan Allen, and I did play a ton of Logan Allen, and obviously didn't work out, but this is the worst team in baseball against left-handed pitching and almost every stat that you want to look at. So, uh, for me, I think this is a really good spot to uh, play Matthew Strom. I hope that everybody that played Allen stays away from him. But, like, the guy has upside. This team has a 24.1% strikeout rate against lefties this season. So, like, there is certainly upside here for him, you know, especially with them probably rolling out six, maybe seven righties. So what's your thoughts on Strom? He's fine. Um, again, I'm worried about him not going more than 80 pitches in the game. Uh, Belt, Austin, Salino, uh, Longoria all walk at a fairly high clip. So they could potentially get his pitch count up a bit more. He's been really efficient so far this season because he doesn't walk a whole lot of guys, but this is where he could get into a little bit of trouble. 6,900, I'll use some of them just because I don't want to go all in on BD. Um, although there's still a chance I might just go all in on BD. Uh, yeah, he's in play, but I don't know if I'm going to play him. Yeah, it'd be really interesting um, trying to look and see if we have it already up or not. I want to know who the umpire is in this game. I think that's going to make a huge difference for it's a pitcher's umpire. It's not an extreme pitcher's umpire, but it is a pitcher's umpire in this game. I, I like both of these guys. And honestly, as far as the Giants bats go, I, you know, Tyler Austin as a one-off is always okay, but that's probably it for me. Yeah. I mean, Strom's been reverse splitsy enough, which I still don't know if it's going to hold true, but I don't mind belt. Um, belt isn't the worst play in the world. The problem is, First base is kind of stacked today. And let me double check on his price tag. I mean, he's 3,800. It's not bad, but I think Belt's in play. Um, but it's Belt and it's Austin. And that's pretty much it. Um, as far as the Padres bats go, they really let me down on Monday. Um, I stacked a lot against the Shark to be different on a four game slate. Didn't work out. I don't hate a stack here just because. Machado is really hot. Reyes is hot. Tatis is hot. Like Renfro was back in the lineup, and that's always a plus. Like I don't mind a stack here if I start ended up playing BD a lot.
but it's more of a like a hedge stack. Yeah, um, I'll take power bats, one-offs um, with Tatis, with Machado, with Renfro, with Reyes. I always do. I don't hate the stack. Um, you can kind of do a little bit of a double stack here. So a smart move is to have um, like a bit of a more expensive stack. And let me double check San Diego. This is just a game theory thing over on. So if you're down, if you're not looking great, you can potentially go to a ultra low owned San Diego stack at pretty much the same price tag as the Dodger stack. So you have some room to change things around. You have both BD and um, Strom there, both playing late. So you have things that you can do a whole bunch of different ways and mix stuff around. If you're down a lot, get a lone uh, Padre stack in there at the end. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here for this Tuesday. Grant, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Oh. Um, we actually have some good options today. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out sometimes, and it's like, ugh. But today we have some options for sure. I think Flaherty's the obvious answer. I'm gonna go with BD. All right, I'm gonna take Renato Lopez. That was the other guy I was thinking about. Um, let's see. Oh, it's over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust towards the top today? Miner's probably the obvious answer. I'm gonna go with Odorizzi though. All right, I'm going to take Rourke. Probably my least favorite play in that range. Um, give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run that's not playing in course today. I should have been more prepared for this. I feel like there was someone that I absolutely love. You know what? I'm going Bell. All right. Riding the hot bat. I'm going to take Hoskins. We talked about him with his um, splits being more of a fly ball um, spot. This is a really good spot for Hoskins. I'm going to take him to hit a home run today. Just um, take him every me... time. Yeah, right. Under 4K to get two hits. Who do you got? Uh, Kipnis. All right. I'm going to take my boy Colin Moran, 3,400. Um, you know, you talked about Bell. Really like this spot for Colin Moran. He's been really hot. Had a five-hit game on Monday. Um, hopefully he stays hot here. Grant, give me a stack to score six or more runs to bring it home. I'm going to go with – there was one that I loved. I can't quite remember exactly which one it is, so I'm just going to go – oh, Rays. I don't know what the implied team total is, but so I have no idea how chalky they're going to be, but Rays. All right, I'm going to take the Dodgers. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? I got nothing. All right. On that note, we'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Hope everyone has an awesome Tuesday. Can good luck in your contest, and we will see you again tomorrow. See you, kids.